Truly, truly. I was talking to my therapist maybe two weeks ago about something that happened back in like 20, I don't know, 16. So pre coming out and she did not, she, at the end of the story, she's like, I don't even recognize the person that you were talking about in that story. I was like, you didn't know me then. You don't know how many things I've gone through since then that there was so much unraveling at once that there's truly, I just think of it as like pre coming out, post coming out times is like all parts of me that I can connect to at any point, but truly feel like different, not different chapters. It feels like different books of my life, honestly, coming out and figuring out that world, then navigating non-monogamy, also just graduating and then like figuring out young adulthood, you know, like a lot of things, a lot of things at once. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your go-to bisexual polyamorous confidence coach who tells it as it is and owns her mess. If you're here to live your fuck yes life, welcome home, my love. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 147 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast and happy Pride Month, my loves. Um, Today's episode is uh, such a beautiful conversation and um, I'm just so stoked to introduce this person to you um, because truly getting to just be in their sphere and uh, witness her writing, their words, and just soak in um, her energy through this conversation and also everything that they post on social media and the world um, has been such a gift to my own life and my own um, reminders to slow down Um, reminders to uh, feel into my own queerness and to not be uh, feel shame in where I am on my journey of self-acceptance and beyond and all of that good stuff and um, it just felt so right to start this you know first episode in Pride Month I know technically um, as you're listening to this uh, we're uh, a weekend, right? Um, basically. Um, and I hope that you're, no matter where you are in your journey of coming out, or maybe you're not um, part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community. I know many of you that listen to the podcast are. Um, but if you are, um, whether you have come out or not, um, no matter where you are on your journey of acceptance or even where you are within your own fluidity of feeling like maybe you were one thing and now feeling something else and resonating with identities, not resonating with identities. We get into all of that in today's episode, which is really just a conversation um, that we that we had. Um, I wanted, you know, all of, if you've been around these parts for a long time, you know that these episodes are less like interviews. Um, I always wanted this to just feel like, um, whether it's just me popping on the pod, I'm talking, you know, to you, to your heart, um, that it was feeling like we were, you know, sitting across from each other at a coffee shop, just having 
a conversation, although it's so strange to be one-sided. <laughs> um, that's why I love having guests on. Um, and also why I love hearing from you all um, afterwards to know how it impacted your heart and beyond. Um, so thank you for all of those of you who reach out and DM me and let me know. Um, and I hope you do that today as well. Um, specifically reach out to Kiana Lewis, who you may know better um, online as Healing is Imperfect. And if you don't know them, um, you're about to. Um, and this conversation was really, really beautiful. Um, and so anyways, I want to share a little bit about um, Kiana introduced themselves um, on, the, on the podcast, um, but I want to share the uh, bio um, that um, she gave. Um, so that all of you can get to know the heart of the work that they do in this world um, before we get into this um, this episode. So here we are. Um, this is what she wrote. Kiana, uh, pronouns she slash they, um, is a black queer 20-something in love with her partner, her friends, and her cat. She is a sex educator, pleasure mentor, and sex work advocate. They believe in the past present, and future liberation of all people through fighting anti-blackness, centering the queer and trans community, and connecting to whatever one considers spiritual. Kiana has learned from and is fueled by pleasure activism. She loves dancing, being in bodies of water, analyzing too many things, and quoting their favorite TV shows and movies. And the things that we get into today's episode are so vast. Yes, the title is We're Here and We're Queer, and really this is a conversation on queerness at the heart of it. Um, and so I know so many of you have been asking for you know, more behind-the-scenes conversations around different versions of queerness, of what um, our trajectories can look like, have looked like, um, and both Kiana and I share in today's episode a lot of that um, within our own stories and our own experiences and um, it was so interesting to see where we had more parallels than we even realized because this was actually the first time that we met um, and spoke beyond um, Instagram DMs. And so it was just a beautiful way to connect. Um, but it was also um, so we also learned a lot about each other in the process, which um, you will see from and, and hear in my voice um, maybe feels different than past episodes um, where I may be more grounded in the person because I know them um, or I have more of a connection to them previously. Um, I <laughs> this, this is true for anyone who knows me in real life or if you've ever met me um, in real life somehow. Um, I just like I get so stoked and my voice raises its pitch and I also have this habit that I'm working on of um, just getting so excited. My ADHD brain comes in hard of like um, uh, like we're almost like we're just like bouncing off each other's ideas. And so um, I just want to speak to that now because obviously my voice sounds different than some previous podcasts and you might pick up on that. But also because um, I noticed as I was edit editing this back and also part of it was um, – we had like a weird um, little delay in our connection, but mostly it was just because I was so stoked and my ADHD was coming that um, there were a few moments where I, I interrupted um, or, or, or spoke over um, Kiana. And I just want to say that I'm aware of that and, um, and that it was not um, intentional at all and it's something I'm working on. And um, I just wanted to speak to that here and now before we get in. Um, but yeah, we just have such a beautiful conversation and... I really appreciate um, 
her vulnerability in this space. Um, you know, they talk about all things from um, their journey doing sex work. And we talk about like, you know, the day and age of like sharing nudes and the safety around that with our bodies. Um, There's a lot of beautiful discussion and specifically um, her sharing so much about why the work that um, she does in this world is so tied to um, their lineage and uh, and all of that stuff. Um, we also talk about the multiple phases of our individual coming out journeys. Um, they have such a beautiful, co- cultivated local queer community, which is something I'm still really struggling with. And so we talk a lot about how um, they cultivated that and also um, some tools for you to be able to rock that on your own journey, um, as well as their journey, you know, for the past five years up until their most recent relationship. Um in uh, non-monogamy and now um, moving to monogamy in their in their current partnership. Um, and then, you know, a whole bunch of stuff like struggling, dating cis men, navigating the patriarchy, gender expression, um, you know, identity politics and how she li- feels about those now and so much more. Uh, it's truly such a rich, beautiful conversation. And I just so appreciate Kiana um, for everything that she is and brought to the space just by being herself um, in this moment, right? In this moment, as we are here in 2022 um, and stepping into, you know, and in Pride Month, I guess, because I'm recording this in May. Um, So I'm like, wait, what are we? (laughs) But um, yeah, that's happening right now. Um, And so I hope that this conversation just gives you permission to be you a little bit more, even if it's just one more percent um, and all of that goodness. Um, And I'm just going to let us get right into it because truly um, you just want to hear their words (laughs) because I know I do again. Um, So without further ado, here we go. All right. All right. Hello, Kiana. Thank you so much for being here. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. I, I honestly am just so stoked to have this conversation with you because I have been like in your sphere on the interwebs for the last at least six months. Like I've noticed you pop up and I've like been following you for so long. And I just, every time one of your pieces comes up, like your writing or a video that you do, I just always feel such a deep like appreciation for your presence and mm-hmm. I, you made a post that was just like, I need to have this human on the podcast. We need to talk, especially for all things pride, but just generally just all things being a person with so much fucking, I don't know, like you just live, you seem like you live and breathe so authentically on online as I imagine you are in person. Um, and I don't know you in person <laughs> to maybe, but you just, you come across so authentically and, um, it's been such a joy just to witness you online. And so I was, I'm super stoked to have this conversation with you. Mm, thank you so much. That's, that's what I've been told. I try my best to just be exactly who I am online that I am offline because I don't really know how to do anything else. But yeah, it's kind of weird. Huh? That's, yeah, that's the common <laughs> consensus though when people meet me or just, I, mm. I, I meet somebody at the club or wherever it may be. And that's always really reassuring to hear because I, I wouldn't want it to be any other way. I'm not trying to make it any other way. So that's really cool. And thank you for the compliment, by the way, there's so many 
people that we don't see, honestly, based off of the algorithm, that it's lovely to come across people who I actually want to be reading their work, seeing the videos, just being, like you said, in their aura, in their presence, in their sphere of the online world. Yeah. And you also live in Chicago, which is just like, yeah, that's wild. (laughs) I just feel like there are so few of us folks here who are like doing work that I'm like, yes, hard resonate. (laughs) I was like my people, you know? Yes. So, um, cool. Well, I know you haven't been on the podcast before and for anyone who's maybe not familiar with you, if you, I just love to start off by sharing, like, who are you? Like what, what exactly do you do in this world? But more specifically, like what are the systems, the foundations that like make you who you are, your lived experience, all that good stuff. So people can, yeah, get to know your heart. Yes. Well, Hey, I'm Kiana. I use she and they pronouns. I am on the South side of Chicago. I grew up in the burbs of Chicago. My family on both sides is from Chicago, but very different uh, areas. I'm a black biracial femme. What else? Queer in like all of the senses, able-bodied, um, neurotypical. And that's about it for like, you know, identity things I can think of at the moment. But honestly, I'm a person who really loves to love really hard. I am a dancer, not by any sort of trade, just by joy mm, and practice. Yes. So resonant. <laughs> um, yes, an artist, like a visual artist, I guess I would say. I've never really thought about what to call that, but I really enjoy editing videos just for myself, creating videos for friends, family, anything that's needed for my job related things, and just love connecting through deep relationships. Like, I'm not someone who has, you know, 25 people that I'm constantly talking to or 100 friends. I'm yeah. truly one that if I connect with you like we are going deep that this mm. is who we are mm, doesn't even yeah. mean that we have to like be on a day-to-day talking basis but know that you are in my inner circle and that's where we are so I try to cultivate as much joy honesty pleasure with the people around me that I do with myself mm. I love that so much. I so deeply resonate. It's like one of the things on my dating apps is like, once I love you, I love hard. I actually yes. like actually say that exact thing. I'm like, here we are. Just so you know. <laughs> Just we're getting into it. Like you go to yes. my world forever. I love that. So, okay. So have you lived in Chicago um, and grew up in the burbs and then lived in the South side basically like throughout your whole life? I've been on the South side for three years now. And then I was on the North side for about four or five before that. Um, I went to DePaul, so I was in the Lincoln Park area and then uptown and now I'm here and it just, I got really um, over the North side to be quite honest. And most of my family's from over here. So it just made sense. I kind of always assumed I would end up over here, maybe like living here long-term one day, maybe owning property. That would be a really big deal for me and like just the people in my lineage that like to pay homage to them. So who knows, who knows, you know, where I'll end up. I love that. Mm, Yes. Okay. So Chicago has only been home base for like not even 10 years. Yeah. Not even probably coming up on eight. Were you in the United States before that? Oh yeah. The burbs. 
from birth oh, till sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. You born people. in Chicago, then moved to the suburbs as early as Sometimes I, my memory. People is. are like Chicago and the burbs are one, and I'm from Canada. Like I don't uh, understand like the Chicago. Like I've been here for 13 years, but I still I'm just like, why do you think that something that's an hour away is part <laughs> of the city? But okay, like if you say so, I'm not from here. I can't, you know, I can't say claim my roots. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> funny because normally people that aren't from here are the ones who don't think it's a big deal. They're like, yeah, Skokie, Chicago. I'm like, no, well, they're I'm different. Well, Toronto, and it's like there's a difference between mm. Toronto and the motherfucking suburbs, you know? It's like, <laughs> yes. no, that is not a part of the city. And so maybe that's just my, my city nature. Nah, I feel that. I feel that. Cool. Okay, so and then the work that you do. Oh, wow. Is- I love that you phrased the question in a way that I didn't even answer career-wise, which is – <laughs> goals. I, want, I just want to pre- I want to center that because the work that you do is so beautiful and huge and um Thank you. we're gonna obviously be talking about like aspects of that because it's an extension of you so yeah what, what yeah. is the work you do anything and everything revolving around sexuality is pretty much what it's been since college up until now just different routes to get there started in the nonprofit world that's really draining only lasted about I don't know three years or so and here I am now working for startup and doing my own thing as an entrepreneur but sex worker sex educator pleasure mentor anything in the realm my favorite thing to do is to work with people one-on-one but that's not always doable for all people so if it's like a group setting or even in the online world like free education which is also really dope because it's accessible Anything of that nature where we're talking about gender, sexuality, interpersonal relationships, our pleasure lineage, all of the mm-hmm. sorts is just my bread and butter. Sometimes it cuts into my personal life in ways where I wish I could turn off my educator brain, but I would also not want to be doing anything else right now. I so get that. I love that. It's such important work, such important fucking work. Um, And actually you were mentioning like one of your joys is doing video editing. And one of the first things I saw of yours or like popped up again recently in my whatever, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how the algorithms (laughs) work anymore was your hilarious fucking video about you editing your solo porn. Oh my God. Yes. I I go back and watch that just when I need (laughs) some joy and laughter in my life because it's actually so incredible. And I'm, I'm thinking back and I don't know that I've ever had a sex worker on the podcast before, which is fucking wow. wild. Like in all of the years, unless they're like underground sex workers. Yeah, you probably Frankly, did. Maybe I've probably know. had a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that like that's been more front and center, at least in the media, even the last couple of years of the pandemic, because of oh, OnlyFans yeah. like taking off and stuff. And so I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, is that something you're still doing? Like what, like what about that world was just like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like it's, I've always wanted to do it. And I just haven't had the time with all of the different like hands in my buckets, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I think that's so funny that you mentioned that video because um, my girlfriend also mentions that video often. We were friends before we were partners and it was like her interest was so clear and she had watched all of my videos and looked at all of mm. my pictures and then would like reference things that I said that I don't even remember saying. Cause I, I, I make the video because I'm simply just speaking how I would. So and then funny. I post You're, it and then I just see the whole ass winking asshole. And I was, yes. just like, I was actually like almost peeing. <laughs> like I was yeah. Like, 
I got that idea from, uh, I believe, I don't know if there's an underscore anywhere in here, but her name on Instagram is Sage the Flame. Maybe there's an uh, underscore like afterwards. I'm not sure. But on Twitter and on Instagram um, and also on OnlyFans. And so just a fellow sex worker that I just found through the internet at some point. And she does videos like that because Instagram doesn't allow you to show your previews the way that you can on Twitter. So I'm assuming her way around that was just to record some reactions of her watching her own clips to get people. It was so smart. So credit to her. Um, But yeah, I am not actively doing sex work right now. I still have a page up that generates very small amounts of revenue just because there's so much content on there that I'm like, y'all can still pay for the subscription if you want. I just am upfront about like, this is not an active page. There will be no active, you know, messaging or anything, but I got involved February of 2020. So I had no fucking idea what was about to happen a month later. It was honestly probably two years in the making before that, where I had thought about it hardcore. I had talked to as many people that I knew were sex workers in my life. I contemplated the many different ways that you can do sex work. Do I want to do in-person full service? Do I want to um, do live, like, you know, um, yeah. chatter bait, things like that? Like, you know, what what platform do I want to use? Do I want to be online? There's just so many things to think about. And then there was safety to think about. There was, there was a lot. It's, it's a decision I don't want to make you feel fearful of but I also don't want to put it lightly that I did have to choose in that moment especially being an online worker this will no longer leave the internet like this is here and so am I okay with that and the decision after a while was yep I'm okay with that and I thought about it like this my biggest fear and I think a lot of like girls femmes people with like marginalized genders who were like hyper sexualized growing up I think I can speak for many of us. And like our biggest fear was nudes getting leaks. That's just 100%. kind of mess. Right. And frankly, like it's still something that I notice, like when I'm sending to partners or like even just taking them on my own phone, I'm always, yes. I'm, I'm like, I love this. This feels amazing. Like I want this here. And also like, what if this gets out? It's like the whole Kim Kardashian shit, like from like the early 2000s. Wait, yes. Yeah. Right? Ray J days. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought about. I said, wait a minute, my worst fear is that I don't have the control. I'm not, you know, empowered in that moment. I'm not consenting to like this being out there. But this is a choice for me to do that on my own accord. Now, clearly there's still things that can happen after that. People have stolen content of mine, like things that are fucked up that happens. Um, Because I remember, I honestly remember this moment that solidified that in my mind. It was in seventh grade. And I had just transferred from a private white Christian school that was very culty to a public school for the first time. I was learning curse words. I was learning how to dress. Like I was learning everything. Oh my God. Yeah. I came home. I came home from my first day of school. My parents were like, how was it? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of felt like, um, what's her name from Mean Girls when she came home from school. Yeah. She was like, I don't know. Yeah, honestly. Oh my gosh. I wish I'd had that experience in high school. Cause I also went to a private, like it wasn't a, like a Christian or any like religious denomination schools, but it was still, you know, like very like white, very culty. I mean, there were, there were like a, a handful of BIPOC folks in my class, but all of my people were from theater. Like all of my closest friends mm. were from extracurricular shit. And so like, I kind of had a bit of that experience before, but college was like, yeah 
that's when I finally was like, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just, I was learning so much and not that far into that year, all of a sudden I just hear like kind of an uproar and in my hallway. And it's because someone had printed pictures of a girl and that they, you know, they had got sent and obviously without her consent, put them in people's lockers. And it was just so traumatizing, even for me as the person who, you know, it wasn't, I cannot even imagine her fucking experience and how long it must have taken to just like, you know, sit with that and whatever came preceding that for her that I was like, oh my God, this can never happen to me. This cannot be it. I remember how humiliating I felt for her. So at some point, you know, years later in adulthood, I was like, you know what? That wasn't the main reason, obviously, I chose sex work, but it was kind of the turning point when I was between my yes or no, or should I wait? Should I do it now? And one of my friends said, you you know, there's never going to be the right time for you to be ready. And you're not going to know all of the right things to do until you're in it because no one teaches you anything about this field. So you learn as you go. And if you're okay with that, then do it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm choosing to put my news online. You yeah. can pay to see them. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, you don't see them for free somewhere on a different site, but like, this is going to be my story, my control. And that was just a very interesting turning point to me. But sex work mm. is, sex I work is that. just, yeah, sex work is in my lineage though. It wasn't that, mm that's odd to be honest um like when I was speaking to my own like ancestors they were like this this is what we do and I was Mm -hmm. confirmed that through storytelling with my uncle and my dad that they were like yeah that's that's how you made money especially the women when you either stay home and you bake you sell any sort of like you know clothes or goods or you sell other services like those are your options during those times and so I'm sure that I'm not the only one that has that in their family history, to be honest. And when I learned that, it took some of the shame out for me because I was like, oh, I'm spiritually back to do this. But like, I can get all of the social backlash I want, but I know today I'm good. Yeah. That's like also such a way to like pay homage to your people. Like, yes. So fucking rad. Yeah. Cause they didn't have a choice. You know, like this was, this was something I chose to do and not, not even yeah. everyone in this day and age chooses that, but they for sure did not choose that life. Yeah. Yeah. Such a powerful thing. Fuck. Yeah. I love that. Ooh, so wait, okay. When did you get into like the pleasure sphere in a more like online way? Was that the first sort of step into that for you or like, how did that manifest for you? Yeah, I'd been in it. I don't, I wasn't calling it pleasure or anything at the time, but I remember summer of 2019 is when I changed my handle to healing is imperfect. And that like flicked a switch for me when I was like, oh, I'm already just saying what the fuck is on my mind. And it seems to resonate with people. And I love a good organic origin story. We fucking love that. And that's just what it was. I was already posting just so many like stories every day of just things I thought about, was reflecting on, was unlearning shit from my past or just things I learned from a book. And people were just like, oh, this is really cool. You should start a YouTube channel. You should do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I've tried so many things and oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to relate. Like not completed so many You're things. Like, I don't one, two. Does, yeah. this, does this feel good? Let's find out. Exactly. Yeah. When you just on the, when you have a, a career or a life on the internet, I just feel like you it's normal to try a bunch of things until you find your home because I honestly wish more people did. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is so new. You're not going to know until you try. It's like, you know, feeling things on for size. Like, I don't know, at least I'm such a kinetically based person. And I imagine Mm -hmm. you're similar given the things you've expressed. Like Mm -hmm. there, there's just this like deep need to like live it, to know, you know, to have that, at least for me within my own body, that's definitely true. I feel that. That, I I think I've never put it into that language of those words, but that's probably how it's been going through my body is I do a Mm -hmm. thing. If it feels like this is good for me or that it's working out well, or this is getting whatever the point is I want to get across, then I continue. And if not, then I don't. And I had to get to a point around that time, 2019, 2020, where I was like, I'm, I'm going to publicly look like I don't know how to complete things sometimes. And that's okay. Like, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm starting a Patreon. And I did, I did it for four months. I realized this is not my thing, or at least this is not my thing right now. Not doing it. I started a YouTube channel, did that for about three months and realized, Oh, actually I don't really care if other people see this. I'm going to keep all this stuff to myself because I don't really want to push this as a brand or anything. Stop doing that. And there's, there's so many things I have started and stopped. And I feel like contrary to popular belief has nothing to do with my ability to follow through. Yeah. And that's such a bullshit capitalist perspective. Anyway, (laughs) honestly, you saying that I'm like, wow, I wish I'd had like that on my own self-awareness when I started my business, because it was like Mm. hype, hype of like hustle and grind mentality, 2014, 2015, 2016, when it was like, you fucking just keep doing this and you grind and you do it even. And I was like, I don't, understand this like Mm. and I did do some things longer than I felt pulled to and I also was very much like this doesn't feel good in my body so we out you know hell yeah some people are like you've done so many things and I'm like yeah because if I don't want to do it anymore I just stop if it doesn't feel aligned and a lot of the things I built were built in the systems that were like 2015 2016 world Mm, very different in a very different space. And so it's like, this doesn't make sense anymore. This doesn't resonate anymore. This would be, a, it would be a disservice for me to continue this work. Yes. You know? Oh, snaps to that. Exactly that. And that's it's hard. It's hard to like get out of that, the hustle and grind and the push, you know, perspective. Yeah. So the fact that you even were able to do that early on in your like figuring out career shit, like it's fucking dope. Yeah, there was kind of no other way around it. I wanted to leave the nonprofit world and was just kept trying to figure out how, like, how do I, how can I pay rent every month, but still do the work that's important to me? And that's still a question that I ask sometimes, like if I'm on the right platform, if I need to switch to something else, and I I really don't want to. Instagram is a home. I'm not a TikTok fan. I'm not, you know, there's a lot of things that people could be doing. They just have to figure out what's right for them. So it kind of just started organically. um, Mm. And then I just kept finding myself in the right place at the right time where maybe this other Instagram person's like, we're looking for people to teach workshops. And then I would just hop on that or, Oh, we're looking for podcast guests. I would jump on that. So I just kept trying to like put my foot in a bunch of places and see what worked. That's really smart. And I also love that it all seems to stem from a place of like your own inner knowing and pleasure, which is so fucking beautiful. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I have a word that I, a word, a phrase, or like two words that I live by each birthday. I come up with them. And so I believe that was 2019, that birthday in October, when I determined my word was bravery. Mm-hmm. And my therapist and I had been talking about that word. And she was like, well, what do you think bravery is? And I forgot what definition I gave her. 
but she tweaked it then she was like bravery is not doing something well or trying something fearful and then like accomplishing it or completing it it's just about knowing that you have anxiety or fear or nervousness or excitement about something about the unknown and doing it anyway Mm -hmm. even if it's just halfway even if it's all the way and so I think that helps shape how I think about all of these things I remember before I even did online work I was um a dancer at one of these queer parties and it was Oh man, the best time of my life was just uh, like taking off my shirt in front truly. of a whole bunch of queer people and getting money best. thrown at me. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. But I realized that shit is not for me long term. That was a short rush of adrenaline, but I was like, oh, I can't stay up till 3 a.m. consistently. Oh, I don't have the stamina for this. And I would have to really work at stamina. Like, bless strippers, best, bless dancers, all of them. So I was yeah. like, my own time, my own accord, online work is for me. Mm. Mm, I love it. So what, when you were doing that, was that pre or post you coming out? Cause our, our coming out, it seems like are similar. Cause you just hit your five year anniversary. No, that was, that was, uh, after for sure. Like for sure. Queerness has brought all of that out of me. Um, yeah. I came out somewhere around April or May of 2017, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I was about like a year later when I officially came out. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, rocky times. Fun, rocky times. <laughs> yeah. Wait, tell me more about that. Tell me more about like what it's been since and like just like your whole experience of it. Like when you say rocky, what does that mean? Rocky as in it was the ending of a relationship for me at the time. That was one of the reasons that I ended my relationship, like my, at the time, like heterosexual relationship that I've been in for a few years with a really great person too. Um, There were a few reasons that like, I felt like we weren't clicking anymore, pushing each other, but honest to God, I probably would have stayed in that even if I didn't need to, if I was still thinking I was the same sexual orientation, but you can't, you can't, I don't know, for me, I could not, you know, live in that facade any longer for myself, let alone for somebody else. So that was the break up and breaking point. And even after I'd ended the relationship and even after I'd come out to myself in that moment, I still did not know what the fuck to do. It wasn't like mm-hmm. I come out and now I'm dating, you know, people who are not cis men. Like it, that's just not what it was. Um, did not mean I came out to everyone right away. Didn't mean I, you know, put it on li- like there was just it's so in stages. And so yeah. it still took me, you know, many months of questioning labels, questioning if I even wanted to say that I was anything other than straight. I had left and went across the country for an internship that summer and would just so happen to be put into a queer space. Like I was surrounded by queerness and queer people and that's really what did it is I was like oh it's really hard to figure that shit out on your own because we're not supposed to be doing things as individuals this is one we're all communal beings but something about queerness for me is that it, it it is a community feeling it's a community practice it's a community like it's everything and so being there was like oh I don't have to know everything but I do know I am this And I do know I want to be around this. And I know that I can no longer go back to anything that I was doing. Mm, Wow. That's, 
so but yeah, beautiful. that was, that was the start of that. I, I have to say, I'm like listening to you talk about your like early days in your coming out process. And I'm like, obviously it sounds so rocky with the relationship component and like the grief of that. And also mm-hmm. I'm like finding myself and I'm just going to, I'm just going to own this. Like I'm finding myself yeah. envious mm. of your experience because why is that? Well, so my coming out experience was so much still attached to a cis man who it was like I was coming out and owning my sexuality as beyond straight, as mm. hella fucking queer, uh, mm. bi, pan, like whatever the fuck. I don't yeah. give a fuck about labels. Like call me whatever you want, but I'm just really fucking <laughs> queer. Um, and also still attached to this relationship that I had been in for at that point, I think it had been like seven years, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you know, the unlearning and unpacking happened very strangely and also in the context of non-monogamy and figuring that out. Right. And so, and, but the community component of it was something I had experienced in the theater world as a, you know, as a like self-identified straight person that was really not straight for so long because I'm an actor first and foremost. And like, I do musical theater and, you know, dance. And so of course, like I'm surrounded Mm -hmm. by like so many folks in that space, but not many at the time, at least when I was in that space, women like me who were Mm -hmm. queer, like it was like a lot of gay boys who I love and they're like, you know, my babes. And also (laughs) I wasn't seeing a lot of like folks like me in the media or in my circle. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then having the community be like still very like poly centered and, and also being like, at the time I was identifying as bisexual and there being like pushback of like that. Mm. And so I, yeah, I, it's, it's, it was a harder thing for me to feel like connected to the queer community so quickly, you know, so yeah. I love that you were just immersed Yes. In a, Luckily. in a group full of queer folks and we're able to feel like, Ooh, yeah, this is home. You know, when you say that, were you talking about the queer community when you said that it was just, you were surrounded by like polyamory, things like that. Were your, was that like coming out process of both like at the same time in your timeline? A hundred percent. Um, like mm-hmm. I had started owning my sexuality a couple of years before I started my non-monogamy like journey, quote unquote. Um, but I hadn't like been in queer relationships until the same time. It all was like got it. Yeah. Coming. Yeah, it was wild. Wild. That's that's actually interesting to to meet someone and hear someone else talk about that because I don't know many other people who have a similar story as myself. Um, I'm not currently non-monogamous, but I was for five years prior to mm. 2022. Yeah. Um, so that's my whole time of being out. And I did not meet one monogamous queer person, like in a sexual way or like in a committed relationship, but I didn't ever meet any. And so when I first came out, I just kind of thought queerness and non-monogamy went hand in hand. Oh, I never, so I was interesting. Not, I was not meeting anyone. Well, it was, it was strange. I remember coming back to Chicago after that summer. I'm like, okay. I think I have a better understanding of my queerness, but it was one thing that was super hard to do. I was starting online dating and I just couldn't put my preference as only women and not that I date only women like queer and trans folks as well, but just, you know, yeah. with Tinder options at the time, yeah. I could not bring myself to not also check men. 
And so I checked both. I was like, that feels good to me, even though that's not what I wanted. Yeah. And I went on, <laughs> it was, first of all, Tinder gives you so many more cis men than anything else. Yeah. It's like, when thank you, you for the motherfucking algorithm. I do not <laughs> want your fish photos. No, thank you. Yeah. So I was just swiping through so many men. I was like, okay, (laughs) so more likely for me to get a date with them. So I went on one last final date with a cis man and it was not good. Like it was really not good. And I think the universe was just putting that person in my path to really push me to be like, this is not what you want anymore. And after that date was like, fuck it, switch my preferences over and was just figuring out how the fuck do I date in this way? I don't know. I'm also figuring out myself as I'm also figuring out how to date. And I just, I went on a few, you know, a few dates where people probably weren't all non-monogamous, but anyone who was beyond a first date or ever got to the point of being intimate, like everyone I was meeting was non-monogamous. I was like, first of all, I need to do some learning because I don't think I really understand what's happening here. And two, I guess this is just what it is now. Coincide. Yeah. 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 And I didn't have a problem with that. I just knew that I didn't know enough. And I knew that it was going to be, again, rocky. Like there's just so many tumultuous points of this well, really so much unlearning too, if you're journey. coming from a monogamous, like yes. hat relationship, you know, yeah. and you're just like, whoa, like the system's <laughs> to unlearn. Fucking Christ. Yeah. Truly, truly. I was talking to my therapist maybe two weeks ago about something that happened back in like 20, I don't know, 16. So pre coming out and she did not, she, at the end of the story, she's like, I don't even recognize the person that you were talking about in that story. I was like, you didn't know me then. You don't know how many things I've gone through since then that there was so much unraveling at once that there's truly, I just think of it as like pre coming out, post coming out times is like Mm. all parts of me that I can connect to at any point, but truly feel like, different not different chapters it feels like different books of my life honestly coming out and figuring out that world then navigating non-monogamy also just graduating and then like figuring out young adulthood you know like a lot of things a lot of things at once yeah okay so we're gonna take a quick tiny intermission uh before we get back to the rest of this conversation which i hope you are all just riveted around the same way that i am um to continue in honor of pride i wanted to share with you all um some incredible companies and products um that i have discount codes for you all um that you could get access to as a way to treat yourself um and celebrate your own coming into your sexuality and exploration within yourself. Um, This is geared more specifically um, towards vulva owners, but really um, can be used in any partnership dynamic with both of these things. Um, And if you got a butthole, which we all do, um, you're going to want to stick around um, for the second one. But I've been using these products for a while and love both Dame and my laurels. Um, so, so, so much um, within my own sexual exploration, both with myself and also with partners. And um, I'm just so excited to share them with you and wanted to give you the opportunity to treat yourself if it felt good and also um, as a way to support the podcast. 
and me and all of the free work that I do. Um, if my Patreon, um, which is always an option, isn't accessible to you, um, or you know, working with me in a more one-on-one capacity isn't um, as accessible to you, this could be a way to, you know, give yourself back something. Um, pride for me is like Christmas, um, and so I'm always all about that shit, um, as well as. Um, you know, give back to, to me and to the pod, um, in the process. So it really is such a beautiful win-win for all of the above. And these companies are incredible. So the first one is called Dame. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they are a sex toy company that is so beautiful, like aesthetically so pleasing, but also the toys are actually in fucking credible. Um, and I, I just love that they focus so deeply on making these for the specific pleasure of vulva owners um, because there just isn't another company like that out there. And the folks behind the company are incredible. Um, I just really, really, really support them and their values. And I have loved playing with these toys. Um, Two of my personal favorites, which shocked me because normally I'm very much for like a personally, I really like um, more like pulsing, um, Slept like the sucking component, um, clitoral, uh, you know, air, pulsy, whatever they're called. Uh, <laughs> clearly, I'm not a sex educator. Um, um, vibrators, um, which I don't even call them a vibrator because they're not really vibrating, right? But um, the suction toys, you know what I'm talking about. And their suction toy air is incredible. Um, but I have been so shocked at how much I love more of the vibes-oriented toys. Usually I find them to be just like either too much or not enough for my personal pleasure. And also um, not something that I find as supportive in my dynamic and play with partners. Um, and I really, really like um, two of their products in particular. The first one's called the Eva, um, and it's a wearable uh, couple's vibe for hands-free fun. Um, I personally really love it alongside of penetrative play, whether that's with a strap-on or um or, you know, a, a good old dick, um, if you if you have access to one of those, um, or even just for yourself, um, as a self-pleasuring way, you can, you know, use, use a dildo alongside of it. It's super, super great. Um, and then the other one that I really love personally for more self-pleasure stuff, but it definitely could be used alongside of, um, partnership play as well, um, is, the Palm. Um, I was so shocked at how much I love this product because it's just not, like I said, they're just not typically, the vibes are just not typically my, my jam. It doesn't usually get me off as well. Um, but holy damn, um, such a beautiful thing. And they have, um, been so beautiful to support me and work together, um, and collab. And, um, you can use the code Amanda10, A-M-A-N-D-A-10. That's Amanda10. Um, for discounts and, um, or if you just want to go to the link, um, in the show notes, um, or in any of my bios, um, on my platforms, you can also just snag it there and check out and see which one like vibes more for you. Um, but then I always like sharing the things that I like. I like hearing other people's perspectives on that too. And those are definitely my top favorites. Again, the code is Amanda 10 for Dame. The second one I want to share with you all is truly like it's one of the most life-changing things on the market in my opinion for sexual health and it's called my laurels um it is truly uh, it just makes me so happy so laurels are the world's first single use latex undies designed specifically for oral sex rimming and more 
They're super stretchy and ultra thin, so you can still have the sensation that you want and even finger penetration. Um, but they prevent skin-to-skin contact and fluid transfer while maximizing pleasure, comfort, and fun. Um, it's basically what I've been wanting for a vulva owner who also um, has sex with other vulva owners. Um, like really just wanting uh, something that's not like, uh, you know, very... Uh, I don't know, clinical feeling dental dam, which is what they are, or having to like cut a condom up um, to like, you know, make that in an accessible um, and pleasure filled way where you can practice safer sex practices. And this is just a really beautiful, beautiful alternative that makes you feel actually sexy um, in the process. Um, I have gifted these to all of my partners, um, whether, you know, they're penis owners or not. You can also use it for butt play, um, all sorts of stuff. It's just a really great time and a beautiful, beautiful thing to have in your tool in your toolkit um and so if you are either a vulva owner or you have sex with vulva owners or you um know that you really like butt play um and want to participate in that like i carry them as much as i carry condoms um so definitely check them out um again it's my laurels um and the code is amanda 10 for this one too amanda 10 um and again the link for that is also in my show show notes um and all of my socials um and Treat yourself. Practice safer sex practices. Get those vibes going. Um, you deserve it. And um, and I, I so appreciate the support um, in the process by using these codes. It really does um, make such a difference um, in my world. And um, I'm just so thrilled to get to share these incredible companies with incredible female founders um, behind and queer folks behind um, the scenes um, because it's just truly like such a gift to get to work with folks like this um, and um, collaborate with humans um, and support brands that I really believe in and um, and I hope you all love them just as much as I do. So again, um, the codes for Dame for all of your fun vibes and pleasure-filled experiences um, is Amanda10 and for my laurels, um, for all those safer sex practices so you could have all the pleasure-filled shindigs that you want um, is Amanda 10 too. Happy shopping, babes, and happy motherfucking pride. Mm, there's like so much, that we, so many places we could go from your story because yes. it's so juicy. And the, the place I keep finding myself like wanting to come back to is like, okay, so that was then. And now mm-hmm. you're obviously existing as this beautiful human in front of me that you all can't see, but go check out <laughs> their profile because damn. Um, but like what how do you feel in your queerness now? Like as you've, you know, and, and I know like in your post, you've even mentioned, like, I don't even like saying labels and like, I so deeply identify with that now within my own lived experience. But even two years ago, the identities were like these like driving pillars in my own experience just to feel like I was valid, you know, that there was validity to my experience. And now I'm like, yeah. Like, I don't know, like just live, let me live in the middle. I mean, that's how I've always come. It's like, I don't know how to be on any end of the spectrum. I'm just like, I'm here. I'm just, I'm a floating amoeba. <laughs> so like, how has it been for you? You know? Same, very much same. I lived by identity politics because it's kind of what I grew up learning in college. Like that was my major. And it was, that was kind of the politics of the time of like the community, not just the queer community, but just really heavily relying on these things until I learned queer theory and all these other things where I was like, Oh, the lines are blurry in a good way. Um, and so I, I just don't, I don't give a 
fuck anymore. That's why queer is just the label for everything. I, it's honestly been this year in the last few months that I don't even care what people assume or call me gender wise either. Like it was very much when I started using she and they pronouns was like a liberating point for me where I didn't have a label for my gender yet, but it felt like, Ooh, this is, this is a little better. This like sits better in my gut. And like, Mm. maybe I can go from here after that. Like there's, there's no time, you know, there's no, I have to come out as this and then use these pronouns and then do this. And you know, there's none of that. And so that was a great starting point. And then I was flustered. I was like, well, I don't know what my gender is though. I also don't even really know how I want to express with my gender expression. So I was going through phases of like, fuck skirts and fuck dresses. And I don't want anyone to assume that I'm a woman and I don't want anyone to even put femininity on me because I was just so tired of it. And I was just pushing, like pushing outside the box. And I tend to think of everything as like, for me, a pendulum swing where I go to extremes until I find whatever my middle is. And that was my extreme where I was like, fuck womanhood fuck all of this like for me I have to define it for myself and so I still don't identify as a woman now but it no longer bothers me to be associated with it or for people to assume things I'm not trying to live in a certain way for other people to see me away like I just have to live me I have to understand myself Mm. and understand myself again and then understand myself again and that's really all that matters so I just queer is everything it's like gender it's sexuality it's just politics you know it's community so I don't really have any more of an explanation than that for people I mean that's a beautiful explanation and I also think you highlighted something that I'm seeing so much more and that I'm also experiencing in my own like parameters around like it's okay to be fluid and that there's not this like you know, I think it's so easy and we've been taught to sort of put, like you said, everything in a box when it comes to understanding, which like from the way our brains work, like I get it. I get it. I understand why we moved in that direction from a societal mm-hmm. standpoint. And also like, it's just not realistic to look at one person who has she, they pronouns and another person who has she, they pronouns and assume that their lived experience and how they then feel about you know, having what pronouns used when and what Mm -hmm. it's all an individual thing. Right. And so instead of like approaching anybody from a, just, I'm assuming this is what you are because you may attach yourself to this identity or these pronouns or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. all about seeing, I, from my opinion and in my experience, it's like been about being curious and just like actually taking the motherfucking time to ask and like get to know somebody and, I, I mean, I feel like I now have so many people in my inner circle who like are using and have, you know, incredible like fluidity in their gender expression and use she, they pronouns, she, he, they pronouns, like mm-hmm. all of the above. And I'm just kind of like, she, her works, but like, whatever, if you call me something else, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm great, <laughs> you know, like but not everybody's that way. Like I know some people who like when they're misgendered, it's an incredibly upsetting thing for their experience. And so Mm -hmm. having, I don't know, I just really appreciate you sharing that lens because it's one I've talked about very much within my own circle, but I don't think, I don't think I've ever had a conversation about the fluidity of that space and having Mm -hmm. someone express that, express that component of gender expression in, in the way you just did. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I appreciate your words too, in that it, it really is not about if everyone, if, if this group of people over here all identifies as non-binary, that they're automatically 
A, using the same pronouns, B, look the same way, C, experience gender the same way. Like, it is really not about that. And I'm so happy that we're, it seems like that's where we're moving right now. And that is slowly but surely. Leaving, yes. <laughs> in, in our, you know, in our communities, I think even, yeah. you know, I think we're all still lear- unlearning all the time and will forever be unlearning just how much like the cis heteropatriarchy influences us. So it's like, okay, y'all, we're going to have labels. We're going to understand mm-hmm. that we're not these things, but we do have to definitely define that we are these things. And now we're like, wait a minute, hold up. And so it really is just getting to know people on an individual level, like knowing that people do not have to be a specific definition of a word or even that they, if they say they are a word, you don't really know what that word means to them. You don't know their relationship to that word. You don't know anything. And it's, it's jarring to some, but I think that's pretty damn awesome to be quite honest that we can just go in with more of a blank slate when it comes to people and just let them tell you who they are. Yeah. It's the way I hope that we're just going to continue to turn over. Cause it's like, it, it truly mm-hmm. like, it makes my heart so happy when conversations like that are happening or people are leading from that space. Right. It's just like, Oh yes. 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 Um, yes. okay. Before we get to like fast, fun questions, um, mm-hmm. which I always like to do with folks when they come on the pod for the first time, I, I do want to sort of pick your, well, yeah, I guess pick your brain about this particular <laughs> thing, because I know so many folks who, who listen to this podcast identify as queer somewhere on the spectrum of LGBTQ plus, and also really struggle to feel and find community in that space. And mm-hmm. it seems like that's such a vital, vibrant part of your own experience. And I'm curious, like what has been your kind of way into that beyond obviously the group you mentioned and mm-hmm. how have you cultivated that for your own, for yourself? Yeah, a few avenues. So for me, it was job related. Um, not everyone who's queer works with other queer people and not everyone that's queer works in like a queer friendly or affirming place. But for those who either are going into the job market or are looking for a shift, look for places like that because we spend so much time at our jobs, even if it's virtual now, that that was a really big deal for me at the time was being like, I, I knew who I wanted to be around, even if I didn't necessarily know certain mm-hmm. things about myself yet. And so it's okay to learn things about yourself through others. Like it's okay to not be the person who necessarily like it click something for you. It may be something that someone else wears, says, does. And so surrounding myself in my career around queerness, transness, all of that fluidity was helpful. Um, And then just queer friends, like queer dating can be super intimidating. And if that's just not where you're at yet, friendship, like platonic places to find other people with your similar identities or in a community that you want. So maybe that's Instagram, maybe that's TikTok, Twitter, like a virtual place where it may be a little safer to be you depending upon what your situation is in your yeah, physical you everyday are. life. Yeah. So online for sure. YouTube is one that I, where I found a lot of really dope queer creators. Mm. Um, if you have the means to, to like pay beyond that, to learn things by subscribing to people's Patreons or watching queer and trans folks on OnlyFans or places that you can just get 
more acquainted with what the fuck are other people, how are they living? And then what in that do I want to mimic and what do I want to create my own lane for? Mm. And then, I mean, honestly, dating apps can be great for friendships too. I know tons of people. I've met so many friends from dating. Like I'm like, oh, we're actually just going to be friends. We're like, this is not, this is not anything beyond platonic, but like, let's be friends. Like, yeah, it's great. It can be. I think you're both on the same page. Right. And I mean, I've swiped on a ton of people in the past who said in their bio, just looking for friends. And that was great that they were so upfront. So then I knew when I swipe on you, I'm speaking in a specific way and like, maybe we'll see if a friendship develops, but I can't believe I never like saw you pop up on one of the apps. I think it's because we're so far. It's probably depends upon our, I don't know. I've dated some people who live up in your area. (laughs) (laughs) I love that area of the city. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? This is how we were meant to be, I guess. 100%. (laughs) But yeah, I would for sure say virtual things, especially with where we're still at in the pandemic. That's probably the safest for a lot of people um and if you are doing in-person things to start with very chill events like if you ain't ready to go to the queer club or queer party that's totally fine that can be very overwhelming especially if you don't have other friends or community to go with as like a a safety net then see what events are going on sometimes it's like a queer art pop-up shop sometimes it's something Yes, there's there are things, especially I feel like this summer, depending upon like what your safety precautions are, there are things that will be happening in bigger cities. Um, And so if that's what's accessible to you, but otherwise virtual, virtual, virtual. Yeah, well, and this is coming out during Pride Month, too. So like, there will inevitably, especially if you live in like a bigger city, like be some, something happening and, you know, even bring a, bring an ally friend, you know, if you don't, if you're the yes. only queer person in your world, like, you know, that's, they're, that's what those spaces are for. They're inclusive for, our, you know, for people and yes. um, for you to be able to feel safe. Like that's the most important thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is when this, this has happened mostly in person, but it could also happen in the online space. I've been at like a queer meetup or a queer party and see someone by themselves. And it just so happens that I also go to things by myself and I love to then meet up with other people who are by themselves. And so I'll just go up to someone and just start speaking to them. And so just be open to like, if people approach you or also just being very honest, people have said to me before, this is my first time in a queer space. I'm like, Oh great. Now I definitely want to show you the ropes or see what I could do to help you feel more comfortable or someone saying, I'm not, queer but I'm here or like Mm -hmm. I just wanted to oh I saw so and so and I wanted to come to this party is you know whatever way that you can express I'm here and like I need help or like I'm here but I don't know what to do I feel like I'm gonna need to like post this podcast like chat with you about some events that are coming up because I still feel like a baby queer and I'm still four years like I'm still feeling like the new person in a space. Mm. It's very interesting. And I know that's like my own lived experience, my own trauma, my own stuff, but like, yeah, I, I feel so short in myself. And also when I step into a, a, a queer, like focused space, I'm like, am I valid? Do I exist? <laughs> I'm just going to stand I'm such a, it's so interesting. It's like my energy is not as yeah. truly in myself because I haven't quite felt like I fully have landed in that space yeah. yet. So yeah, maybe you can. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, okay, cool. Let's do fast button questions before. Let's do it. Um, 
we run out of the time, I feel like I could talk to you for fucking ever. Okay. <laughs> I always like to do these because I just think like we, yes, we talk about all of these beautiful topics and like pleasure, queerness, all of those stuff. And of course it's all centered in you. And also I think sometimes we forget that like our day to day and like, you know, goofy mm. things are important to remember too, especially with yeah. the world crumbling let's around us. Silly. So let's get goofy. Okay. And also just like, you know, whatever, whatever comes up. Okay. Ready? Yes. All right. Something you're grateful for today. We'll start easy. I am grateful for yoga class that I did this morning. It mm. got me very much out of my head into my body. Mm. Yes. Like taking that, mm. I'm going to a yoga class later today and I haven't been to one in like months. I'm very excited. Good luck. Yes. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Okay. Um, some, you said, you mentioned that you're in a partnership. Did mm -hmm. I? Yeah. Yeah. So something super goofy that you guys have done together everything <laughs> honestly everything it's the silliest goofiest partnership that i've been in the first thing that we pretty much every day is laughing we woke up this morning actually laughing about a bunch of things um but something that we do a lot is quote anna delvey if you've seen inventing anna yes uh, oh my god <laughs> so sometimes my best like, all the time We'll just like whisper into each other's ears, like the quotes, like just in public or in private and just crack the fuck up. So that's one of my favorite things is just saying really, really ridiculous things to each other. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I will put, I, I'm all the things we've mentioned in today's episode, by the way, it will be in the show notes for you guys. But if you have not seen Inventing Anna on Netflix, <laughs> we are officially, that is a new sponsor of this goddamn podcast episode, I guess. Please go watch it. Go watch it. It's not funny, but you can make it funny also. Hundred percent. A lot of TikTokers have like gone with that when it was like front and center. It was a Love great it. time to be on TikTok, as is right now because of Lizzo dancing uh, and all of the dance choreography. To it's about damn time. Oh, is she? Yes. Okay. <laughs> What's been front and center of your mind recently? What has been front and center? Honestly changing up my apartment. Um, I've lived here for a few years now and I used to move every year when I was on the North side. So this is a place that I'm really making home right now. So I'm thinking about what the fuck do I want to look at every day, especially since I work from home. And I'm really grateful that uh, my girlfriend really loves to help me do things in my house and also sort of my parents. And so Mother's Day, they were here and just helping me install a new faucet and hang this art picture and clean this rug. And so I've been thinking a lot about what else can I do to my space? Mm, what do you feel like is like the next thing that you'd be stoked about? Like if you could add one thing. It has to be more artwork specifically in the living room. Like I'm looking around, I'm like bedroom set. It feels like me. Kitchen, we're getting there. Needs a little more pop on the walls here. Mm, mm, yeah. Art really mm -hmm. like makes or breaks a space. I'm, I, I don't know if like you're as like tuned in to like environment. I'm like, so I'm so impacted by the environment that I'm in, mm. like to an intense, in an intense way and art and like color and everything. It's like, Ooh, gets me. I love it. Just, ooh. Yeah. It's a neurodivergent in me too. I'm like, sometimes it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some, something you're looking forward to. Um, I am looking forward to what? Honestly, I'm looking forward to pride month. Because I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I cannot remember Pride of last year. I don't know if I did anything. I don't know if I went out. I don't know what happened last summer, pretty much period. Um, so I'm looking forward to Pride Month. I've already heard that certain things are going to be back. 
Um, I also know that there's still so many online things going on. And so I don't, I didn't think about pride much last year. So I'm very excited for this year. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just, I'm here. I'm here for whatever I have energy for. Yeah. I'm curious if the Dyke March is going to be happening this year. Cause last year, I haven't heard about any marches. Yeah. It was happening and then it got canceled and I was like, I had a whole group together. I was super bummed. (laughs) So sad. I know. I was like, I want to go. Um, okay. And then last question that I ask to every single person that comes on this Mm -hmm. podcast and it is, what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life? Oh, do I love this question? Um, for me, it means living dramatically. <laughs> That's mm. one of my favorite things to be. I know that I'm like in my bag. I'm really centered in myself when I'm being like my most emotional and dramaful self. And mm. I, you know, I don't mean dramas in the traditional like dramas and gossip. I just mean mm. that means everything is really just like full volume. So if I'm cleaning the house, I'm probably doing it like blasting music and dancing. If I'm in a phase of like movement or exercise and I'm like really doing that, if I'm, mm. you know, in a really happy mood then I'm truly like goofing off with the people around me. If I'm sad, I'm like bawling on the floor. Like mm. I just love feeling in extremes. Like I know how to be in the middle, but I just, I'm just honoring honest to God, like my Venus and Leo. And I need that. I need it. I am like, this is maybe one of my favorite answers to this. And every person has like given such a beautiful response and it's so centered in their own knowing. I, and I'm saying it feels favorite to me right now because I so deeply identify. And I love the fact that you use the word dramatic as a positive thing because yeah. so many people like push down and we live in a society where we've been taught where like, we can't uh, fully express ourselves and that we're wrong or we're hysterical for doing that or whatever the fuck. Right. And I so deeply resonate with that. And it's like, yes, feel it all, feel it deeply. And it's not because you're fucking like, you know, these things that we've been taught that are so like icky to me to even like Mm -hmm. they're constricting. It's like, no, that's our fullest expression of who we are and being able to like live in all of those spaces is such a gift Mm -hmm. and so beautiful. Absolutely. And I love that. Yes. More drama. Yes. On the daily. I mean, the other day I was playing volleyball with a friend and I was, I was screaming (laughs) so much. If there was like a really good dig. Oh, same. I played for many years. Like I would scream when something happened and yesterday when I was driving with my partner, like somebody cut me off and I went the fuck off and like, it was, I just need to express like what needs to be expressed, but yeah. Ooh, you played volleyball too. We yeah. Wait, play. what did you play? What position? I was outside left. Okay. 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 I played middle. I'm five ten, So like, okay. I was the, the beast in the middle. <laughs> love <laughs> that. Know, getting it. But yeah, I love, I loved and still do love volleyball. I don't play enough Same. anymore, but yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, I would if you if you find any leagues, let me know. I'm looking to join. You know what? I would jo- I joined one last year and I I haven't been able to like find it in my schedule with my work with my life, but we'll talk. We'll talk after this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then last last question, which is of mm-hmm. course one of the most important things is how can people connect with you? How can they get more yeah. in your sphere? Where can they find you? I know you, you mentioned Instagram is kind of your your main thing, but yeah. How yes. can they work with you? All that goodness. All the goodness. Yeah. Find me on Instagram at healing is imperfect. If you want more like sex ed, 
um, truly educational content, then I also am a writer and make posts on Queer Sex Therapy's Instagram account. And then that's also the practice that I do pleasure mentoring through. So if you want to work one-on-one or if maybe like you're a couple or triad or whoever it may be, and y'all are looking to honestly talk about all things pleasure, it is broad for a reason. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health worker. So we're not going to be touching on all things in your life. This is truly like a coaching moment where you come to talk about something specific, something niche and something within my niche. So if you are someone who is you know, struggling with non-monogamy or even struggling with monogamy, if you are coming out in any sort of way, if you're someone who's like, you know, pandemic's been really fucking rough and I don't masturbate anymore. Or if you're like, mm, actually masturbation's really great, but like partnered sex is not the same. And like, I want to work on that. Like anything within the realm of pleasure, self-love, self-care is what I talk about. And it is truly tailored to you, t- truly tailored to the individual. So that link is in my bio if anyone wants to work on that. And then if you want to do like any workshops or anything like that, keep that, like just keep your eye out on my Instagram or just hire me, hire me to do those things. Cause that's also stuff that I love to do. I love it. I love it. And all that will be for you guys in the show notes, please, please, please go get into Kiana's sphere and all of that good stuff. It was so fucking good having you on the podcast. I deeply yeah. appreciate you. Thank you. A great way to meet. Yeah, truly. Yes. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Kiana, for coming on the pod and for this just epically beautiful conversation. Um, As always, everything that we talked about in today's episode, as well as how to connect with Kiana, work with Kiana is in the show notes, um, or you can check it out at Amanda Catherine Loy slash podcast slash one four seven. But just again, for your brain, um, their Instagram is at healing is imperfect and you can get all of, you know, the, all the goods there as well. Um, for one-on-one pleasure mentoring and, um, and just, you know, getting into their sphere more, more so. So definitely don't fucking miss out on that. Um, and also all the other things, um, that, uh, she mentioned in the episode, uh, is there as well, um, as the links to all of the goods, um, that you can get discounts on, um, if your sexy self, um, is feeling inclined and like you want to treat yourself to something, um, you know, I do so fucking appreciate it and it really means the world to me. I don't, I know I mentioned this earlier, but I don't really tend to talk about, um, my like affiliates on the podcast. Um, but I also am trying to be better about honoring that this is a fucking business, kind of like what we talked about early in the episode. Um, and, um, and that I, uh, um, any little bit helps with me being able to fucking, you know, keep doing this work and, and pay my bills. So, um, hopefully this, you know, excites you and supports you. Um, these brands are truly, um, such massively beautiful parts of my own life and I love working with them and the people that run them. Um, they're just really great humans. And, um, I couldn't have thought of a better time to, to bring that into the sphere too. So thanks for supporting the pod. Um, and if that's not accessible to you, 
um, via, you know, snagging one of those and, and, and helping with the affiliate stuff. Um, or if the Patreon, um, which is always a great way to support the podcast, support me and get a behind the scenes stuff isn't, isn't accessible to you, um, either, you know, you can always just leave a review, uh, follow, uh, the podcast, uh, Instagram, which is just at live your fuck yes life. Um, and, um, and yeah, writing reviews really, really does go a long way and it helps, the pod grow, um, and all of that good stuff. So thank you for being here. Thank you for, uh, being a part of the live your fuck yes life community and, uh, get in Kiana's world. Um, go, go support them and give them so much love. Um, especially if you resonated with this episode, if you felt a little less alone hearing anything that they said over the course of this episode, let her know. Um, and until next time, my loves, I hope you have an amazing Pride Month, and um, I'll see you before we get done there. Um, the next episode that's coming is, ooh, it's one I didn't know that would ever happen, and it feels really vulnerable to share and juicy, and I know a lot of you are probably and have been waiting for it if you've been around here for a while. So that's all I'm going to leave you with, and, and um, until next time uh, in two weeks, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.